course it's not the end of summer. What are you talking about? It's just the training camp, and training camp is supposed to be the start of something good. Oh, hi, everyone. It's Pete Pomisano here again for our LTP's Off-Road, continuing our summer series, our history of theatrical showplaces in the western New York area. These are historical places, and this week we come to you with the Taylor Theater out there in Lockport at the Keenan Center, and it's kind of a tiny, little, intimate space, but it has been around for a long, long time. Formerly a carriage house on the Keenan Estate there in Lockport, it was eventually turned into a little theater. And that's what we're talking about today, the Taylor Theater at the Keenan Center. Now, there are two parts to the interview. The first one starts with Parrish Herzog, who works for the Keenan Center and toured me around the place and told me all about its history and so on. But I also wanted to know about some of the theater that went on there a while back, some of the community theater that went on there for the carriage house players and others. So she connected me with Peg Merrill. Peg was around for much of the history of the carriage house players, and she's got some very interesting things to talk about. So let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it with... It's our Seasons History Project theme music. We're looking at five different historical showplaces around Western New York. We've already done the Riviera. We've already done the Fredonia Opera House. And this week we come to you with the Keenan Center's Taylor Theater out in Lockport. And remember, there are pictures of all of these theaters, pictures that I took with my own little hands when I was touring these theaters, and you can find them on my Pinterest page, and there's a link to it right in the description of this podcast. So let's get started with Parrish Herzog, who works for the Keenan Center and who takes us on a little tour of the theater and a trip down memory lane here on RLTP's Off-Road. Welcome to the Taylor Theater. Thanks. It's nice to be here, Parrish. What, what is your, exactly your title here? Are you actually connected to the theater in a, in a label as a title, or is it just to the Keenan Center, or the, what? The Keenan Center in general. Uh, the Keenan Center, I work um, in our develop. I'm their development manager, mm-hmm. and I'm their public relations manager as well. So cool. the public relations is really just based on my previous experience, and you know I'm not going to hold that to my chest. I'll share it with wherever <laughs> I work, and uh, I love to promote all the good things Keenan does. We do the arts, education, recreation is a big mission, the three prong. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to our arts, we have the Taylor Theater and we have our Keenan House Gallery. And today we're in our Taylor Theater here. Why is it called the House Gallery? It was Mr. Keenan's house. It's a Victorian mansion. Is that the one out front here that I right on took Locust a Street? Of? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was his Victorian mansion. The Taylor Theater actually served as one of his carriage houses. That's what I was going to so ask. This was, I thought yeah. it was, yeah. So this was built at the same time as that house in the 1850s. The house itself actually, upon almost completion, burnt down to the ground. <laughs> um, a glue pot and some, oh, no. and some ashes burnt the house down, That's... and the house was rebuilt right away. And the, the carriage house has, has always maintained. And there's actually two carriage houses on our campus here. There's one right adjacent to us, which is now our education building. Our Montessori school is housed there. Okay. And that was a carriage house for a home that no longer exists on, on Locust Street here. Okay. So the Keenan campus itself, we have the Keenan House Gallery. Um, that's where our offices and the actual gallery is. Mm-hmm. Beautiful exhibit up right now. When it comes to the arts, I, that's where my heart lies. I really love the arts. I come from a creative family. I did theater growing up. And we feel like the Taylor Theater and the Keenan Center Campus is really just a, a nice destination location for people in Western New York. Mm-hmm. So the, the house and the original carriage houses, we're talking, what era were they built? 
1850s. 1850s. Yeah, so the house itself was 1854, and the carriage house has been there since. He had horses, chickens, pigs. What was his business? He Obviously, um, he had some money. He, yeah, he uh, was a bit of a pharmaceutical early chemist scientist really? uh, investor, and he married into the Rand family as well, who were institutional in creating the railroad down to Florida. He was wow. an executive on so many, for so many businesses, everything from like the breakers down in Florida mm -hmm. to a lot of his work up here, but he's a really vast individual. Yeah. Um, Had his was, fingers in a lot of pies. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, you know, Mr. Keenan and uh, his wife, Mary Alice, they never had any kids. They just lived in this beautiful mansion. You know, when he passed, he gave this property to First Presbyterian Church here in Lockport. Mm -hmm. He had envisioned wanting a community center. He wanted to focus on seniors in some way and was had a passion for the arts as well. But when First Press took it over, they realized that this wasn't really under they didn't really have the capacity to run such a feat oh, um, yeah. and a board was formed mm -hmm. and that it has that's the board of the Keenan Center and so that was 1967 that that was formed and right away one of the first projects was redoing this carriage house into a theater um, really yeah so in 1968 they got forty thousand dollars from the Linda Taylor it was a Linda Taylor scholarship I believe it was called and it was just a $40,000 investment to make this into a theater. And a lot of that original investment is what you see here today. What was the motivation? Who looks at a carriage house and says, theater? I think it was just the desire to have a black box theater. You know, there is the historic Palace Theater here mm -hmm. in Lockport that would have been um, existing at the time and functioning. But there wasn't anything kind of smaller for it's more experimental work. There must have been somebody there who was a theater Maven, who who said uh, we could use a space for, as you said, black box or yeah. intimate productions. And... Yeah, I'm not really too sure about That's okay. that. Yeah, it's, just... it's not written in our history really too yeah. much either. But yeah. it, it is. It was the members of that board at the time. You mm -hmm. know, is that they were like, well, you know, theater and gallery is art. It goes together. Um, yeah. And I think back in the '60s too, there was. The, Theater was just rampant, I feel like, in Western New York and Buffalo. Was, yeah. I feel, you know, um, Main Street Buffalo is a lot of that original kind of theater architecture that we continue to modify well, or re in, in recreate. The, in the suburb, there was a lot of community theater, yes. which is what we're talking this about. Is, the, yeah, the, the, this would be And uh, the time you're talking about in the 60s and early 70s, community theater was, was big. And that, as mm -hmm. a matter of fact, a, a friend of mine performed out here in um, Vanities. Oh. A dear friend of mine was in Vanities. I don't remember who the producing company was. It might have been it. Four Seasons. Might have been Four Seasons. Four player. Seasons was, I think, the earliest theater group who remained here for years. Mm -hmm. And now it's transitioned. We have Carriage House carriage players house. now. So let me ask you, back in the 60s when they were remodeling this, well, where'd the money for that come from? It is called the Taylor Theater, and it was the Linda Taylor Fund. Yeah, the Linda Taylor Scholarship Fund. So was it a singular person who said... There's two sisters that managed this money and, you know, we applied for, they had applied for this project at the time and they made that investment. Wow. What's kind of fun to point out about this place is that, you know, obviously it was a carriage house, but they retained a lot of this little niche history. I like to point out to people that these were the win original window boxes and you could see the gnaw marks of the horses that would gnaw <laughs> yeah. on the, I'll get some pictures on of that. that, you know, and so a lot of that's been maintained, you know, these, these original doors. So they kept it, you know, what's special about the Taylor theater is that it's one of those venues that you walk into. And for so many people, it's their first time. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those spaces that you say, I need to see something here. Yes. You know, the thrust stage is very unique. I feel to Western New York. Um, you know, I love seeing works at the Irish classical theater when you're just kind of right you're there. A part of mm -hmm. the show you know and what the Taylor Theater offers in addition to carriage house players performances is musical performances we do jazz we do regional bands and especially with jazz it's really fun to be a part of that improv that you feel oh, going yes. on you yes. know they're really just bouncing and off again, each you're other right up close yeah. yeah and so to watch that in a space like this there the musicians are also bouncing off of you and your reaction mm -hmm. and the things that you're doing and so when it comes to that type of art on stage, it's really enjoyable to see. So when it was making its transition from carriage house to theater, what kinds, I mean, obviously 
the electronics and the lights and so on. But how did the building itself change? How did the structure change? If you know, yeah. if you can. Yeah, I could say that this original brick structure was the carriage house. Mm -hmm. This back section, and I'll walk you through there. Yeah, is, that, is that an addition there? Yep, that would so be. So this is the back of the thing. Yep, okay. Yeah, so there's an addition. There is a makeup mirrors uh, with the old traditional fun lights. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a green room space. And then on the back, it's open patio now, but there used to be a closed-in green house. Mr. Oh. Keenan was an avid horticulturalist and was very, loved his Victorian gardens, loved taking care of the property along the whole campus. He had an orchard, but he had his greenhouse on the back of this, of the original carriage house. Mm -hmm. All of the land from the back of the, this to where the Keenan Center Arena is, mm -hmm. was that all, did he own all of that? Yeah, it's 25 acres. So he, he donated all of that to, yep. to the church. Yep, he donated it all. Wow. And they're still technically our landlords. You know, we do some sort of honorarium every 25 years, mm -hmm. but... Uh, the church is, is the landlord. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But we are, ourselves are our own 501c3 nonprofit, um, have our own You're the ones who maintain ID. it. You're the ones who control yeah, all of the Yeah, if people donate, they, they go to the Keenan Center. Yeah. Was this a solid brick wall here? Yes. Yeah. So this was opened up. Mm -hmm. to form the, a proscenium, basically on a mm -hmm. non-proscenium stage, but that's proscenium, and a thrust stage, sort of an octagon, I know. Strange rectangle. <laughs> a strange rectangle. So that was opened up, and that whole backside there is all an addition mm -hmm. that was put on, as you said, we'll go look at it later. Yeah. Uh, but aside from a dressing area and so on, there's another room back there that's, what is that room for? Yeah, there's the an larger. adjacent room where we entered that we call the Taylor to, Theater Community to the, Room. To the left is a community yep. room. Yep, and okay. that was built in the 90s. So mm -hmm. I want to say that that's recent, but I guess that's about 30, <laughs> 30 years ago now. Yeah, um, the 90s, just a minute ago. <laughs> yeah, my favorite fashion. <laughs> but yeah, so that's um, our community room. So that was built in the 90s, and that also is up for overhaul this summer, we're going to be kind of lounging that up a bit. We're going to, because during our performances, we utilize that community room as a lounge. So we'll set up tables, we'll set up a temporary bar with refreshments and food. If the event is, you know, sponsored in any way or, or we do sit down dinner theater, we utilize that space for that. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, but this space itself, you know, it has it maintained a lot of that original investment for a very long time. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't until, you know, I've been at the Keenan Center for about three years. And in that time, we have gotten a whole new lighting system. We were doing the foil lights, switching them out up until just a couple years ago. <laughs> Thankfully, the we in partnership with the Cullen Foundation and the Verizon Media, we have done some improvements that include this LED lighting system. There's a really user-friendly lighting board up top. And what's a lot of fun with these is that they have some of the strongest pigmentation I'd seen for colors. And so you can do the most vast of colors and have a lot of fun with it. There's even this drop curtain where they can do some visuals and, and, and um, different tech abilities rather that we just didn't previously have. Yeah. You can just, from the board, you can change mm -hmm. the light from, from a, a white light to an amber to a purple if you wanted. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's even just a rainbow spectrum that you can even just drag your finger around and you could have a fun quick light That's show amazing. down to actually programming it and timing it and having it set up. Mm -hmm. And then we have some of these older church lights that were donated years ago too from First Press, which is kind of that full that full oh, circle those are very effect. Nice. Yeah. The carpeting right here is new as of just this year. You know, actually when we were closed for COVID as difficult as that was on a revenue base, it gave us the time to do a lot of these grant-funded projects. Uh, we didn't have to really move around our schedule. A lot schedule. of sprucing up you could do because yes. the building was not being used. wasn't yeah. being used. So during COVID, we got this lighting system fixed. We got a new sound system too. These new speakers that are hanging mm -hmm. um, is connected to a new sound system up mm -hmm. there. And then even where we're sitting now used to have our traditional theater seats seated here, mm -hmm. but we made this handicap seating. So yeah, I, didn't, obviously I don't remember seeing this before. Yep. Move mm -hmm. um, if needed. So we're just increasing accessibility a bit on the inside. We're fully accessible outside with a ramp. But Again, to go back to the interior mm -hmm. and what has changed these gigantic timbers here were they original yes the, the the rafters here those would have been original and um that tech loft would have gone across the whole way oh so that would have, and so you can see where the 
those yes. original anchors would have been going into yes, there too. I see where, yes. So it would have been two floors and that upper door up there you yes. can see is an example of how there was a floor there too because that's mm -hmm. where they would be throwing out hay or you know the old chicken in the window scene. Oh, okay but that it, it was a, a fully functional um and know, the entrance and exit for the horses and so on were through that yeah sliding door not sliding door but yeah that ancient mechanism over there yeah and then this side would have been more of those stalls you know as we as we know that the horses were hanging their heads out over here mm -hmm. but and then that emergency door is would have been an addition as well sure sure i think that actually was a window these were yeah mm -hmm. windows here there and, and and then of course the ventilation duct up there that has to be new mm -hmm. uh and of course, the ceiling uh, looks like insulation up there. Yeah. The, the soft padded insulation, but the timbers themselves. But the, yeah, the timbers themselves would have original. been original structure. Wow. You know, there still are our strongest beams in the building holding the whole structure 160 together. 160. Yeah, years about old. 170. Yeah, or so. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's pretty wild when you start to adding up the numbers. And what's kind of fun about this size space, it's, it fits 153 seats. That's how many seats we have. Oh, okay. And sound-wise, I did mention us getting a new sound system, but projection in here is really wonderful. It's really nice. I, I can tell already the acoustics yeah. in here. You know, if and we, I remember from what, as I said, I keep saying bringing up Dave's name. But no. Okay. I remember, you know, sitting there and then walking around the room as he was talking, and the acoustics are really delightful. It I mean, is you, nice. You don't need to do a ton of projection here. Yeah, and you know, sometimes in brick buildings, I find that you you almost want to assume that it's going to be good, that your voice reverberates and makes it louder, but that back talk is sometimes disruptive, but we have enough of a balance with the absorption of the insulation on the ceiling that you pointed out mm -hmm. and the bounce back of the walls that it really makes this nice neutral, clear projection. Yeah, because it's, um, it's a very high ceiling. Yeah. And again, it's all covered in, in a soft batting of, uh, of insulation for soundproofing. This has got to be 30 feet high, 40 50? I don't know. I would say 30. I think that it probably goes up 10, 10, and okay. then 10 at the peak again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, and it's, you know, from the outside, you can see... Oh, there's a fan up there, too? Oh, yeah. Got to keep it moving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it gets pretty warm in here in the summer. We do have, like you said, we do have that ventilation, air conditioning system. I'm not positive when that was installed. But it is, it is air conditioning yep, at this point. Yeah, but yeah. we can get air conditioning, yeah. And the lighting system is the most recent, and that was just done during COVID. Yeah, that's just about two, yeah, within the past two years. Yeah. All computer-driven, I can see. All computer, yeah. I can yeah, see an we Apple Mac Apple up there, up there. Mac up there. Um, and we actually do, you know, I joked about having young volunteers up there, but we do pay our, our tax for each show. You know, that's mm -hmm. something that we, mission based, we want to support and financially support the dreams of our artists and the people that we work with and our crew. Right, because um, Carriage House important. is a community theater, so they're not, they're not really paying their artists mm -hmm. or their designers. Mm -hmm. And here, what we have is a big space that we have to figure out, not a big space, but a very small space, and try to figure out how to do some really inventive set design yeah. to make it work so yeah i love um what creatives do with the challenge you know yeah this carriage house how many shows do they do a year here they aim for three different productions and they'll go over about two to three weekends are they the primary resident of the theater yeah the you know house the carriage players? house players are their are their own group they're not necessarily a program of the keenan center mm -hmm. uh, but of course we offer our space at no cost to them. It's a part of our mission. It's a community theater. Yeah. Yep, yeah, That's and nice. uh, graciously it helps fund our mission, you know, their ticket sales and, and their budget as well. From a Keenan perspective, I will write grants on their behalf and chase down sponsorship for them because I want them to do good. Sure. Of course, as, as we, because then we all benefit. And so it's a really wonderful partnership in that sense. I think that there is potential to grow other partnerships. I mean, it's just a space that's mm -hmm. available to our community. You mentioned the tech person. Is the tech person work for you? Is it a person who does tech for the musicians who come in, for the yeah. act, other acts that come in? So it's even though the carriage house players are the performers on stage mm -hmm. and are the, are the community theater that is in residence here, your tech person, the person who's running the lights and sound and so on, is really an employee of, of you? 
Yeah, absolutely. We'll okay. have that overlap there. I see. And you know, once you are working with someone who's familiar with the system and everything, you yeah. just want them. You want them back for everything. Sure. So, whether it's our jazz series, our our uh, Keenan, Keenan concert series, or Carriage House Players, we try to have about like two or three people that we utilize for tech on a part-time basis, I see. based on availability. But you know, a lot of and I and I hope that it would always happen. But those part-time people get intrigued about carriage house players and they get involved in other ways. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they do have a stage crew and it does become a bit family oriented there and it's a really special group and we're happy that they're here. I found the sentence I wrote down earlier. Okay. In March of 1968, Nan and Dora Taylor, trustees of the Mary Tucker Horde and Sarah Tucker Wilson Memorial Fund provided $40,000 towards the conversion of the carriage house into a theater. Oh, okay. So that's the detail on the money. And that's why um, it's called the Taylor Theater. And that's. Mm -hmm. And the building was designed by New York City architect Malcolm Holzman. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wrote some of this down. I, I did research this past week and I was like having so much fun learning about it all. <laughs> it I was is, like, oh yeah, I forgot about this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, like the annex was built in the 90s, as I mentioned. These lights that were donated from the church, you said? Mm-hmm. They do work. And they, they, but they I imagine they're for house lighting, maybe when an audience is entering. Yeah. Do they have historical uh, uh, value that you know of? Oh, I bet that they do. Yeah. something. I, a number that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Because um, they certainly look like they belong in another era. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they remind me of staring up at the church as a young Catholic child. You oh, know? <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> Just looking exactly. up at them. But they're beautiful. And they, as you said, they're nice house lighting. Yeah, they look very like they would really have a nice glow. Yeah, to they're them. heavy. They're steel mm. and glass. Okay, well, yeah. show me around. Can we walk around? Yeah. Here's our, you know, backstage. This is the drape that picks up the LED lights. Now, is there just a, a wall color. there? So this is all the backspace, the backstage area we have. Yep. Yeah. So this is a a walled area here. And this is the the little props area. I got some props. We could walk through that way. Oh. It's just a circle, really. Okay. This, uh, oh, I see. Okay. A spiral staircase. Yeah, you can go up, you can go up there if you want. <laughs> What's it's, up there? It's just a little space, and you look down on the theater. It's pretty cool. Oh. Do you want to go up? I'm sure. Gonna watch your stuff. I'll go first to put the light on up there. So this would have this this just been kind part of, of that space. second floor yeah. you were referring to. And I know back when Four Seasons did some larger scale productions, they'd have a band up here. Like oh, playing. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then you can see the, the stage from up here. So when we've had a full house, I've come up here and, you know, watch the shows. And mm -hmm. our regional bands will, it's a fun place to sell out, you know, especially for local bands and you know, the, the whole family and friends, everybody. It's yeah. nice. It feels it fills up quick. Now, Parrish, is there stuff here that is still like original or if not original, then very mm. old technology? Uh, we're passing all of these conduits and things. This room here with a blower and the furnace and so on. This looks like it's original. Not yeah. original 1865, but I mean. Uh, yeah, this is a, an older guy. I'm not too sure. This might have been part of that 90s edition because I know that was a big project. Is this the heating uh, yep. thing? Okay. Yep. Um, but yeah, you can see some of our original windows here. Oh, yeah. What's this picture? But yeah, these lights turn on. And this is an entrance to the stage? Yeah. That's just kind of the other way we would have oh, gone. You, oh, this is closed off now. Yeah, it's I think they stable. closed it yeah. for, okay. the, for the actual show. Was this part of the addition as well? Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, the carriage house it, stopped here? Here. No. there. It would have been that brick wall. Where the brick wall was. Okay. Um, so all of this is addition. Yeah, but I think this part of the addition would have been existent while Mr. Keenan was still here mm. because his greenhouse that I referenced is back here. So this is a potting shed. Oh, I see. So he, you know, kept building on storage. He actually would keep his cars here mm -hmm. for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So these were the conversion of the it into a theater was in the 60s, but prior to there he had done some modernizations. I see. So that would have been like in the 50s. Yeah, look at those old rafters there. Yeah, and we utilize that for storage. Yeah, you can see that this was. Mm -hmm. This was his little potting shed adjacent to it. 
And what about that back sort of patio thing? Yep, but that would have been the greenhouse. Okay. So that was closed, mm -hmm. and that middle structure would have been like the center holding the, the ceiling and the roof glass. And uh, now it's just kind of an open patio space. We'll put high tops out there sometimes, do a little cocktail. Do you have any further renovation or remodeling plan? Yeah, I'll go out here and, and show you what we plan on doing. Okay. This is, we'll have rotating artwork in here too. Mm -hmm. This is from the Gerald Mead collection. Okay. So we're always utilizing different spaces to showcase artwork and other parts of our mission. So this is the community room. And when it comes to renovations, this is something that this summer we're going to get underway. We're going to get new flooring, mm -hmm. going to warm it up a little bit. I think we're going to be doing that piece together, uh, wooden vinyl. We do a lot of art workshops in here, so we want something to be easy to clean, but we want to warm it up and make it a little bit more loungy. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to be paint, repainting the walls. We do have a gallery hanging system in here right now as well. So we have rotating artwork in usually, but not right now. I see. But um, this is our lounge. We'll set up a bar right here with some high tops and a couple of rounds. Well, well in, in ordinary years, non-COVID mm -hmm. sort of years, how often would this room be utilized? Uh, often. Really? Yeah, this is busy when it comes to our... Like every weekend? Our art programming. Mm -hmm. um, or more often than that? Or, or... I would say... I would say a couple weekends a month, you know, okay. maybe we, we skip it, but you know, the Keenan Center has three affiliate groups. There's the Keenan Herb Club, the Keenan Arts Council, and the Keenan Quilters Guild. So they will meet here oh, as well. They okay. do a lot of their own workshops. Okay. The community rents this space and utilizes workshops. We have artists who do their art classes and workshops here as well and we do our own internal programming so between like rentals and our affiliates and our own programming that we offer it's a pretty busy space mm -hmm. there's a summer youth program for theater too in the summer there so, is yeah okay jennifer simpson is teaching that this year and is that part of the keenan or part keenan of the carriage center. house people yeah keenan, keenan center, center. Okay. yeah so we'll have a summer youth program in theater is one of the classes that we offer. Very nice. And then in here in the community room is where a lot of the more art or yoga or crafts or STEM workshops for kids will take place. Mm -hmm. And we, like I said, yeah, we're going to be renovating the space a bit. We're including in that renovation is more of a, a rollout bar cart that has you know storage underneath it, which is nice. Mm -hmm. We also received funding from the West New York Foundation to make this into a smart room. So you can see how we, oh, we currently yeah, yeah, have yeah. a TV here, mm -hmm. but we're going to be getting a larger one that takes up more, almost like what this chalkboard size is, a bigger TV, and it'll be more accessible for where well, we live in this post-Zoom world. Everyone's still doing it. Yeah. And so it allows us, when we talk about you know, the aforementioned workshops, we could have a, a teaching artist anywhere in the world teaching a class. Oh, how and cool so is that? That's great. Yeah, so we're getting to that. That's something that that is a, a future... Yeah. Oh, this is beautiful here. Yeah, and this is the Whitmore patio. And this space we utilize for bands as well. You know, bands will perform out on the Whitmore patio and people will be seating out in the green space there. And, and is there a wedding planned over there? Yep, there is a wedding tomorrow. Is, and is that fairly common? Oh, yeah. yeah. People love to get married it's at the Keenan here. Center. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we try to keep our pricing affordable, too, when it comes to that as sure. well. And we have the tr little traditional little box office here. I'll mm -hmm. go inside and open it up. But yeah, nothing fancy, but it's all it needs to be, you know? No, sure, sure. I could walk you around the outside if you're interested in that. Yeah, let's... let's. We carry on the beautiful gardens to be in front of the Taylor Theater, too. Like I said, Mr. Keenan was a horticulturist, and mm -hmm. we try to keep that going. We have some volunteer groups that actually come in and work on our gardens, too. So, like, youth groups that are day-hab programs, adults with disabilities or youth with disabilities... This is our Montessori preschool. So oh. we have a Montessori preschool. It's a half-day program. Mm -hmm. And you can see that, you know, this was a carriage house as well. So these are both carriage houses. And when you look at the outsides, you can see the original kind of square boxes. Yeah, yeah. And what was an addition or added on. This carriage house was the carriage house for 
a home that also resided on Locust Street. I believe it was called the Bishop House. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Keenan bought all the property, knocked it down, the house. <laughs> and he wanted more space for his cars. So, yeah, and you can see the three garage bays here. That's where he would store his cars. Um, that became his focus at a point. This tree right here, mm-hmm. I want to be correct in what I say the type of tree it is, but it's the oldest one in Niagara County. Really? It barely looks like it's living. Is it living? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not in bloom yet. It, it will be. But look at that. Wow. Over 150 years old, and it's a honeysuckle. Wow. So this is the backstage area, and this was, to my knowledge, here when he, when Mr. Keenan lived here, and then that would have been his greenhouse. And so they, and then the gardens exist behind and throughout. A lot of people get married right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a new project of ours is this Daisy's Adventure Garden. It's this outdoor play space for youth. Oh, I see it. Yeah, yeah. We're building a, a mini amphitheater for oh, small youth productions, or nice. even just to get up there and. And play in front of your parents is fun too. Yeah, and as I mentioned, this is that back patio, so people will perform on the back patio. You know, any I believe you just you put art in front of people because not everyone's going to go seek it. Mm Mm-hmm. So and you have parking for a million cars. Oh yeah, and it fills up. Well, thank you so much, Parrish. Yeah, this bet. is you know you don't mind if I go I'm go back in and take some pictures. Just hang out here. So that was the delightful Parish Herzog taking me around the Keenan Center's Taylor Theater. So then I took a little bit of a break and took some pictures, and then I met with Peg Merrill, who was closely allied for many years with the Carriage House players. And I wanted to talk to her about some of the theater that had taken place in the Keenan Center's Taylor Theater. Here's Peg Merrill. Peg Merrill. Yes. Lovely to talk. Peggy Riley. Lovely to talk to the you. Former, to yes. you. The former. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 mother of Katie. Yeah, Katie. Katie Merrill. Mm-hmm. We talked about the history of this place turning from a carriage house mm-hmm. into a theater mm-hmm. in the 60s. Right, 67. And, and that the Four Seasons players? Four Seasons players. Were they the first ones in here? Um, I'm thinking, well, there were a lot of people in here. I was in here when I was a senior in high school mm-hmm. at DeSales Catholic High School. We did Charlie's Aunt. And then I did um, several other shows here that weren't Four Seasons shows. If you think about the history of this place, now Theater Company was in here with Jerry Miller. Okay. Do you know them? I've heard the name, but I don't know. Experimental, that kind of thing. And different people would come in to direct. But we, Four Seasons players, became the house house company. The residential resident. Yes, yes. And that was a very wonderful thing for both of us because before that, we'd worked on a stage at the... Methodist Church, a tiny little place with no place to dress. I came from community theater. We did the same sort of thing. Well, this was not too big back there. No, (laughs) no, I've I've been back there. But But still, to have your own place was very exciting. And do you remember who, obviously you were a Lockport-based community theater operating out of the church. But there were a lot of people not from Lockport in that group. Sure, Mm -hmm. sure. But it probably wasn't an automatic assumption that when this became a theater, you guys were going to be in it. Oh, no. So somebody did some fast-talking and negotiating. Yeah. Finagling, exactly. I, 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 have, I have my suspicions as to who did those mm-hmm. things. I, I don't know that for sure. But I know now was in here for a little while, and then uh, Ron Willie, who was in Four Seasons, but also did stuff and did independent things here. He did Henry IV and Tom Martirosian was in it. Mm-hmm. And... He did a That lot was the of, one that first show that David did, Henry the yes, Fourth. That was he his was first a, paid he, gig, he, I understand. He says he was five years old, but I yeah. saw the picture. I think he was fourteen though. He was, yeah, he, he was very young. young. Yeah. He was very young. And Ron did some other things here. He did these weren't four seasons yet. They were in just Keenan Center. Mm-hmm. We did uh, two Moliers. We did we did some classical stuff. We did my favorite that we did was Glass Menagerie, and oh. that's where I met Liz Hiller. It, and she was Amanda, and, and you I were was Laura, Laura, of course. Yes, and Charlie Randolph was the gentleman caller, and Peter Carello 
was my brother, and oh. it was she was a magical person to be with. I knew her for a very short time mm -hmm. when I first got into Buffalo Theater, and uh, just a lovely person. Mm -hmm. And a wonder on the a stage. Talent. Mm -hmm. A talent. What a mm -hmm. talent. Yeah. So you, so at that time, was now considered the production company, or was there the, what, was the Taylor Theater producing it? Quote I think unquote. I think Keenan Center was producing it at the Taylor Theater. Okay. Okay. And I don't exactly remember how Four Seasons came to make this deal. I think I remember with whom we made this deal to mm -hmm. become kind of a resident company, and that was the director at the time. His name was Tom Honan. Okay. And he was really so supportive. And we had a fan base from the other programs we had done. We had a lot of donors, generous donors. So we came with some stuff. Yeah. And, we, and you were taking the, really, you're taking the, the, the weight off of their shoulders. Right. To be a producing house is much more difficult than being a presenting house right. and having somebody else come in and you guys are in charge of, you know. And we were. Yeah. <laughs> but we, here, the nicest thing about Four Seasons that I will, in my memory, mm -hmm. I mean, we did fantastic, wonderful shows. And I loved performing and I loved directing. But we had top to bottom support. We had people who never wanted to direct, who never wanted to act. They wanted to run props. They Isn't wanted to wonderful? do tech. And we had a big crew of that kind of person. And then we also had a lot of people who were newly married and had small children, and they would let us bring our small children here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Our kids grew up in the theater, yeah. so that was great, too. And those were the days when community theater did have, well, you probably understand the, the demise of how community theater went downhill once mm -hmm. we had all those theaters in Buffalo. Yeah. That were, why, why would you go out and perform with the Four Seasons when you could get 10 bucks a night performing at a, yes. a tiny little theater in Buffalo. Yes. And pe people still went to the community theater to start out, but they didn't stick. They no. come and do a show that they really wanted to do. Oh, they're doing Glass Menagerie. Oh, I want to be Laura. And then boom, you go do that. But then you don't stick around. Mm -hmm. They're off. Mm -hmm. So people don't remember that at a certain time, community theater was the thing. And that's oh, where you went. If sure you were, was. Even if you were just going to do sure. tech. And you had a lot of people Yeah, I went to Niagara Falls. I went to Amherst Players. I... Mm -hmm. I met all kinds of people yeah. all over Western New York doing yeah. community theater yeah. that way. Yeah. So what's your earliest memory of being here with Four Seasons players? Uh, Four Seasons. We did a lot of, I'll tell you, we, would, we set, decided we were going to set up a season. Mm -hmm. And we would do a comedy, a drama, a Christmas thing, because that's what the community right, wanted. a pageant of some kind. Um, and a musical. And so, so three uh, shows a year and a Christmas, and a Christmas uh, thing. thing. And we about. would also <laughs> have the grace of being in here for five weeks of rehearsal, five nights a week, oh, that, that and is, four weeks of performance. That is glorious. And in Hamburg Little money. Theater, we rehearsed in a hole in a wall, and then we had two weeks, a week up on, on, stage. on stage, boom, and then you were out. So you were always in a comfortable space. Yeah, that was And wonderful. the set could go up relatively early mm -hmm. and we could work on the set yeah. and that's why we had some fantastic sets too I and i was telling parish one of the things that's so cool about a theater like this is wondering how they're going to make the set work in that tiny space and there's always this creativity involved you know right and when we did musicals oh. they had they had the band up yes upstairs, up in the balcony had, there hot, on the second and there floor there was no air conditioning oh. So, you know, a thousand it, degrees up oh, there. Yeah, I was just up there today and it was hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we we did a lot of things. We did. Did coming in here, did suddenly becoming the, the resident theater company mm -hmm. here, did that allow you to do three shows a year or were you always do, doing three and a we Christmas usually, show? We, I think we used to do two. Okay. And we seldom did a musical. Ah. So you, you sort of up, upscaled mm -hmm. a little we bit. We upscaled everything. And then we also had people who who were part of our group who would introduce things to us that were kind of sometimes kind of avant-garde. There was a, one of our principal actors, I mean, one of the most gifted farcical actors I know, Lamar Webster. He was a travel agent, and he'd go to uh, London he'd see and things see elsewhere. things, yeah. and he'd bring scripts back. Nice. First for things like farces. Mm -hmm. But then he brought, like, rage. He brought all this edgy stuff. Really? From London. Oh, yeah. To play in Lockport. And it did. <laughs> we didn't get the same, like some some of that. Oh, you're not going to get the same as you get but with Camelot. But the best edgy 
thing. And this Lamar directed this, and one that I loved being in, just loved, was in Miss Reardon Drinks a Little. Mm -hmm. And I was in it with friends, and I got to play somebody so different from myself that it just that was fun? great. It just opened up things for mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was great. And I want to get back to the Four Seasons in a second, but what, what were you with? Because you obviously had a, another job or something. I was school. I'm a, I was a school teacher. See, I taught I, high school when I first was I teaching. I taught 32 years of high school English. Me too. Yeah, there me you go. Too. Yeah. First at my alma mater and then at Mount St. Mary. Oh, Mount St. Mary. And then I married and had kids, and then I went back and I taught at DeSales, my alma mater, when it was a middle school. Okay, so you get married and you have kids. Are you still doing theater? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of time that you have to devote to it. And so you still continue to... to... Yeah, we, it, you know, my, my then husband and I would take turns. A lot of us did that. So many. Like, this is the husband show. This is the wife show. But everybody would work. <laughs> nice, yeah. And when the kids got to be a little bit bigger... Oh, we put them to work. My children say they learned how to clean bathrooms at the Taylor Theater. Because, we, you know, we had to do all the cleanup stuff. Of course up, you everything. did. Who else was going to do and it? And they loved it. Yeah. And they learned. My son did lights when he was a teenager. He was wonderful. And my, yeah. that's when my daughter got the bug yeah. to act. Yeah, and that's the thing. Once you get mm -hmm. the bug, it's... Uh, and when your daughter has got the bug, then you go, mm, is this a yeah. good thing or not? Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes. you had a glorious... I'm sure you had, because I had a wonderful, fun career, in, and I'm still doing it, but in community theater. But you, you had a wonderful career, and so you think, uh, I'd like her to enjoy what I did. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. and, men, and some of her friends tagged along with her, and it, just, it, was, uh, it was wonderful. We just had a lot of fun yeah. together. So let's sort of wrap up the four seasons. At some point it goes downhill as community theaters did back in the seventies and so on. It was more eighties. Yeah. 90s, yeah. Eighties. You carry, well, because like East Aurora, you're mm -hmm. far enough away from the city where you're still the only game in town. Right. The, the Lockport palace was doing movies only. Right. They weren't doing, shows they were doing then. anything. And they would do big, so, you know, big musicals for, that oh, we yeah. couldn't do. Yeah. But you're again, you're like the only game in town for people who want to do theater, this is a stretch to go into the city. Mm -hmm. You know, Amherst Players, the West Seneca Players, Hamburg Little Theater. A lot of those people came here. Uh, yeah. Because they liked what they saw when they came once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a little bit of variety. And Do you feel like you were able to hold on longer than uh, oh, other yeah. community theaters? Yeah. yeah. Quite a long time. Do you know what the timeline might have been for when Four Seasons stopped? Early 90s. Early 90s. Mm -hmm. And then how long did the place remain empty before the carriage house? Or, oh, or yeah. did or it? Off and on. Yeah. yeah. It, it did. It did re wasn't empty. They used it for different purposes. Right. But or, I mean, having or a resident. another company would come in hmm. and rent space okay. and do something here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How do you describe the sort of the demise of Four Seasons? Okay. It just it, ran out of people. We had this posse of, I would say, four, maybe 30, 40 people mm -hmm. and families and couples. and But we also, as, as I said, had so many people who wanted nothing to do with being on the stage. They just wanted to but do the everybody, back. you know, when your kids, this core group, this strong core group we had, when our kids started in, to get into high school, our time was consumed with our kids' sure, activities, sure. and that was one thing. And then, you know, people, we had a whole group of older persons in the, <laughs> in the old Four Seasons, and they were so wonderful to act with, work with backstage. They did, and they, you know, they just got tired and didn't yeah. do it anymore. You do. You yeah. Do. And also, I think there was a change in leadership here. Mm -hmm. As I said, we were here, I think, in the heyday, and Tom Honan was so... So supportive of us. You sort of gradually ran out of people. Is, would we that did. be fair? Yeah. We did. Yes. Yeah. Because people were, as I said, busy with their kids. People getting older, we, getting yes, tired. Yes, we had, the, I mean, the faraway people, they started doing other things farther away, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And also, you know, if you have a, like a cadre of, I don't know, 
20 people who were doing work in every show. We got to that point, too. I know. You exactly. Know that. Yep. And, and you just you, you lose all your energy. You can't do every plus, show. Plus, you, an actress, mm-hmm. a very good actress, from what I've been told. Thank you. You, an actress, all of a sudden, you don't get a chance to act anymore because you're too busy doing the program and doing the lighting design or doing this, right. whatever. You didn't get to do what you loved anymore. It was, it was one thing back in the day when you could say, okay, Peg, you're going to run lights for this show, mm-hmm. but the next show you're going to be on stage. Right. But now there's not enough people. Right. Yeah. Right. But it did give me the opportunity to direct. And oh, some of the shows I directed, mm-hmm. I just, I loved them. Yeah. Shadowbox was the first one. And the, uh, when we went to theater festival with Greater Tuna, which was a phenom, <laughs> two guys. You know, you know that I do show. Know the show. I don't know. Oh, very they well. were so wonderful. Yeah. And we won everything. We went to New York State Theater Festival. We did mm-hmm. do very well and were invited many times to go. But that stays with you. And you don't know if you want to direct, you want to act. I loved crewing. I loved running props. Sure. But not every time. No, no. <laughs> and you can't do too many roles at once. No. Like recently when I've done a couple of things here, actually, and you don't have enough people, you just say, Oh, I'm retired. I, I can do that. I, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Right. And then it comes off. But, you know, not forever. Not forever. Mm-mm. So Four Seasons eventually drifts off. Mm-hmm. And a few other groups may come in here and there now and then mm-hmm. but to not, use the space. Not but nearly as Not often. with any regularity. And we're certainly not the resident company. So all of a sudden, the Carriage House players who are doing the show here now, they come about. How does that happen? That was kind of a few meetings. Well, I, w- I had directed Blythe Spirit at the Palace, mm-hmm. and um, I thought, who can I get to be Madame Arcati? People read, and I couldn't find Madame Arcati, and I was just out and about, and I ran into Kathleen Rooney, <laughs> and I said, Kathleen? She hadn't been in the show in a long yeah, time. Yeah. And I said, would you like to do a show? And so we had a couple glasses of wine and a few confits, and it. she said, yeah, hmm. and she said, yes. And I think she found a love of that again. Yes. And when that was over, we both said, because she had performed here too. Mm-hmm. And I said, why don't we see if we can get in here? Mm-hmm. So the first thing we did, and this was just a few years ago, I said, let's do love letters. Because I had done that here as a fundraiser. And actually, we had it at the arena. Mm-hmm. Um and I said, why don't we do that? It's just two people. Yep, um, reading. Yeah. And it's, it'll be easy to stage. It won't need a lot of rehearsal. It'll be like our maiden voyage, and we'll see what happens. And it went quite well. So um, that was how we got launched into here. Was it just the two of you who started that? I mean, I know there's only two people in love letters, the, a man the, and a the, woman. Yeah, and Jeff, Jeff Cope was in on this, too. There were a few other people, but mostly, you know, the two nutty ones whose mothers had been great friends in high school, you know, you know, the dreamer girls who decided that's what we're going to do. Yeah, people who were crazy enough to take on, yes. let's start a theater company. Uh, what? Kathleen had done things outside of this, not a lot, but some. And she said a more professional, maybe, you know, a more pro- professionally constructed group where we pay our actors. Okay, I'll tell you Four Seasons Players. Nobody ever got paid a penny. No, same thing with Hamburg. Right. That, that was community and theater. That's that the way it was. was. And people worked like mad and had fun with one another. We did it for the love of it. They did it for great love. Yeah. They, they did it for great love. And Love Letters was lovely. I mean, they did a fabulous job. And then, of course, the COVID foolishness intervened. <laughs> the COVID foolishness. Yeah. So let me see if I get the timeline right here. So Four Seasons Die Out sometime in the 90s. Mm-hmm. For several years after that, mm-hmm. the people came in and out, in and right. out. But then the carriage house players that you started, you and Kathleen started. Mm-hmm. Was it just the two of you? Was there? there were you other mentioned people the involved in the conversation, but I think we were the ones that pushed it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and now you become a small professional. Mm-hmm. You... I don't. I don't know. This is still. I mean, are you are you paying people? Yes. Okay, so you're a small professional. Yes, yeah. If you're getting paid. Not a lot, but yes. No, no, I mean, yes. I, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, and I was paid. I did some shows for Keenan before that. 
before Kathleen and I did this. But I did Best Christmas Pageant Ever. They wanted to do something with children because mm-hmm. that's part of the mission of the Keenan Center, yes. too, you know, education. And so I did that, and so I did Love Letters, and then uh, they wanted in a, the Christmas shows. People love those little things. So we did the radio version of It's a Wonderful Life. Yep, yep. And then Carriage House Players kind of evolved from all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And evolved into what? These are the beginning stages. Mm-hmm. I will have to say this: these are still the beginning stages. Organizing, trying to uh, have people come to work, direct, oversee, do all those jobs that you have to do when you have a, a company. Mm-hmm. And um, also talk with people at the Keenan Center. You know, sometimes it's a big the it's scheduling a, stuff when yeah. they have other things going on in here too. It's busy. Back in the old Four Seasons times, when you had, we paid like minimal rent, we paid them $200 or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. for five weeks of rehearsal. <laughs> and then a portion of yeah. the take. But now, you know, it, they have to they have to use the building in different ways to keep afloat. Mm-hmm. But that is also part of the mission of the Keenan Center. Yes. You well, I'm to- sure that they're happy, uh, delighted to have somebody back here. Are you con- well, all right, two questions. First of all, are you officially a nonprofit organization? I, uh, are you officially incorporated or whatever? I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. But No, I, this is still a dialogue. Okay. But are you officially their resident company? Yes. You are? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's. I'm sure they're delighted to have somebody back in here. And you, you have, I imagine, a similar arrangement as you had with Four Seasons. You're on the stage. You can you can yes. rehearse here. You, sure. The set's been, been up. Doing, like, That's I, wonderful. I, I crewed for the last show. Good people met new people. That, you know, that's why you come to these things. You meet wonderful people. You share an experience mm-hmm. that is delightful to you. And then you keep doing that because that's what you love. As, as a teacher, you like passing on to the next generation, that what you love about mm-hmm. it. So do you guys have a plan for the future? Not a real long-range plan. Do you have a plan to do X number of shows per year? Well, right now it's two. Two a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it could be three. We are going to do where we've been reading scripts, and a group of us who are on the... I would call it unofficial board. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do a one-act play festival in uh, during the summer months. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get together this week and review the scripts and see how many we can do. You have just down the street this gigantic Lockport Palace doing huge shows. Yes. And this is a very different animal here. Yes. How has the community embraced it, or have they? They have. They could embrace it more. Mm-hmm. The other thing, the other thing, well, though, that I got, I got to do another shout out to Kathleen. Mm-hmm. Another thing that Kathleen has put together for this place, which has been wildly successful and a delight, is Jazz at the Taylor. Oh. And you know, she's she and her husband are all into jazz, and they know a lot of people in the jazz community in mm-hmm. Buffalo. And uh, but I think we've had like three concerts a year. Yeah, Parrish oh, mentioned that there were, you know, the musical oh, acts on the stage. Oh, and they are, oh, the talent. It's just amazing. And you get a lot of people to see that, too. So you you want to diversify your audience and maybe get the people who are coming to jazz to come and see a show, too, if you give them a little perk or something like that. Well, so, because it's a lovely place to, to witness oh, it's anything. wonderful. There's not a bad seat. The farthest away you are is 10, 12 feet. Yeah, which is uh, scary sometimes. <laughs> well, for the actors. But you're really not in any competition with the Lockport Palace because that's 1,000-something no. no. seats, 1,500. I can't remember what he no. said. But no. this is a very different almost black box theater concept. Yes, and a lot of shows, we couldn't do shows the way... No, you couldn't. The Palace. Nor would you want to. And we've done, they couldn't do some things that we've done. Right. Like like Agnes of God. In this space... Would be touching and... It was wonderful, and mm -hmm. it had the most beautiful set, and when you're that close to the audience, it was kind of hard to hold your concentration sometimes because they talk to you. Mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yes, they do. Have you, have you had that happen? Oh, absolutely. Oh, they talk to you. And I will say, uh, Ellen and Jeff Schratz mm-hmm. from the Palace have been supporting us. And I, hopefully, if we get this thing going, we can advertise in one another's programs and support one another. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, it's apples and oranges. Different branches of the same tree. Right. 
Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The promotion of something, especially if you're restarting as mm -hmm. you are with carriage it's, house, it's difficult. It, it's tough. And, and also especially because, because you of, don't have, um, I will say back in the old days, Four Seasons players had money. Mm. We had money. And we could invest that money in a production and we would make it back. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, you're just starting from scratch. And that also makes it difficult. Do you have a division of labor? Who's who's in charge oh, of what? Kathleen? You're I would Kathleen. say Kathleen is the boss. Okay. <laughs> I would like Kathleen to be the boss. <laughs> and I bet if Kathleen was here right now, she'd say, well, uh, Peg does everything. Right. Yeah. right. Uh -huh. But she's, she, she pushed me to do something here. She did when we worked, when we did Blythe Spirit. We had done shows together in high school. She's mm -hmm. younger than I am. But we had done shows there. Okay. And there are other people. Kathleen asked Elaine Roberts to come and help us, and, Kath and Elaine has a lot of experience, and Jane Lloyd, who was on the board uh, at the Canaan Center for a long time, has been um, very supportive. Are they local people or no? Elaine isn't. Elaine, I think, lives in Williamsville. Jane is. Mm -hmm. but just trying to recruit good people with some savvy and information who How know others. How do you others. do that, though? That's... It's hard. I'll tell you it's I... hard. Especially as a crew. retired teacher, you have to have something to do. But this this is a big task you've taken on. You know, if you've directed. Yes. You come in here when nobody else is here, and you do all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And if something falls apart and you can't get it, then you gotta do this stuff. Yeah. But you do the stuff because what you get at the end is well worth the stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with it because, yeah. as I said, it's it's, it's a, a great huge place. task. Yeah. It's a great place. It, it really is. A, it's really a, a lovely little theater to perform mm -hmm. in. And it's a great place to direct. Do, do you have people who are designers who are sort of, I don't want to say in your back pocket, but who you can call on? No? Not now. We did. Okay. Yeah. Another shout out. Yeah. For uh, four seasons you did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We had some of the best. And one was Bill Caton. And Bill Caton was a genius. And he made these works of art. Bill Caton, Mark Costello, a dear friend of mine, he directed, he acted, he did that kind of thing too. And we had a whole slew of guys who loved to come here on, all afternoon on Saturday and have a couple beers and build a set. <laughs> I just didn't know because, again, on this kind of a stage, it takes some creativity and some, some genius. Daryl Hart did a lot of this set. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm finished with questions, but I'd okay. love to hear anything else that you, any other fun stories you have, because I'm interested in... History. I'm interested in history. So am I history. And names or... Like Liz. Yeah, like Liz Hiller. She was a dream. She was a dream to watch. Mm -hmm. Liz, I will never forget. No. To watch her work back there. She would come in hours before the curtain, and she'd sit at the makeup table, and she'd look into the mirror with a script in front of her that she never looked at, and she would run the show everybody's lines <laughs> she really would yeah. and then she would sit back when everybody was started to come in the regular people started to come in and she'd say there i'm ready <laughs> and she was elegant and grateful she was a grateful person that's what i look for here mm -hmm. grateful people there was also another lady oh there were lots of people who... Joni calkin Joni calkin she was great too oh yes yeah yes Joni Calkin taught me how to do a British accent. Mm -hmm. She made a tape for me. Uh, there are still those who will say, I still don't know how to do it, but I have <laughs> been doing mm -hmm. it anyway. We had as much fun off the stage, too. I mean, we, uh, yes. we, would, we would end rehearsal. We'd go back and have a drink. Of course you would. And we'd chat, and then we knew one another's families and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And it, it also solidified what you wanted from a show. You know, you can't do it when you're in rehearsal all the time. You just have to have other time. Yeah. So. So we, I had a director in Hamburg Little Theater who just insisted that we were all going out for a drink on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you don't drink. I, I, I was not a beer drinker or anything. I only learned to drink martinis about a minute ago. You and Kathleen. But, but, uh, <laughs> but at the time, it was, you know, we're all going. I don't care if you drink Coke. And you sat around the table mm -hmm. and you chatted and you got to know each other. You talked about the show. You talked about character you talked about just family like you said you know we got to know each other's family and sometimes you talk about next season i know where we talked about yeah that's where a lot of ideas percolated we, there was a restaurant out on transit road called fontana's an italian restaurant mm -hmm. 
and we would often go there like on Friday night. Mm -hmm. And we would go after performance sometimes too. The ideas yeah. that came from that, we'd had two long tables, we'd go <laughs> running back and forth, but a lot of ideas came from those moments. That's where the collaboration yeah. is, in yep. this, yeah, the synthesis of it. Of, yep. Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. When the Hamburg Fair hits, that's when you can start counting down your days to the end of summer. Ugh, why bother? Hey, Peg Merrill and Parrish Herzog before her, out at the Keenan Center. Now, since I spoke to those two ladies, uh, there has been an update. There has been a bit of news. The Carriage House players have sort of gone on hiatus for a little while. And uh, the newly formed group, Harp, which is Daryl Hart and Elaine Roberts. Harp Productions will now be performing at the Keenan Sider's Taylor Theater. So they've, uh, they're taking over for a while, and uh, I guess the Carriage House players will be back, but who knows? Anyway, before we go, I wanted to tell you that next week, or as I should say, next podcast, in two weeks, we will be featuring another theater, another local theater, but we will also have a little promo for a new program that RLTP is beginning starting in September. We'll be taking applications in September. It's called the Bridge Program, and it is for Black, Indigenous, and people of color to become interns and learn about theater from the inside out, all about paid internships with Road Less Traveled Productions. So, We'll be having Pete Johnson here, who is the director of the program, and he will talk to us a little about that, as well as our next historical theater. So I hope you'll tune in again in a couple of weeks here on RLTP's Off-Road with me, Pete Pomisano. Pomisano.